afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world, welcome. Welcome to the I See Old People podcast. Today is Tuesday, December 17th. It is a cold and snowy day in Norfolk County. Actually quite beautiful to wake up to. Uh, large, beautiful white uh, flakes coming down, snow on the ground. I don't know when it started snowing. It must have started snowing sometime during the evening. And it was just a beautiful winter wonderland to wake up to this morning. So that was really, really nice. And I'm really happy to wake up to such a beautiful scene. Because uh, really, when I was laying last night and I was thinking about this episode, and I was, I was looking at the notes that I'd made, most of the notes that I'd made were pretty sad (laughs) like I have a lot to celebrate I have a lot to be grateful for but uh, I was kind of really really getting down in the dumps this week so uh, I was going to talk a little bit about that but boy you wake up to that beautiful snow and it just it just makes you feel feel so much better so yeah I had a lot going on this week Uh, this was uh, a couple of big events uh, came up and uh, I had a wedding a family wedding down in Windsor uh, the family wedding was just fantastic. Uh, it was at the Windsor Casino, uh, and I don't go to the casino. I'll talk about that in another episode sometime about uh, gambling and casinos and that type of thing. So uh, it was quite a treat to go down there. I had never been in this casino in Windsor where, since it's been renovated. I was there many, many years ago when it was brand new. But they put a 27-story tower on, and the wedding reception was at the top of this tower, the Augustus Tower because uh, everything has a Caesar kind of theme to it. So we were on the 27th floor uh, for this wedding. Uh, there was a beautiful, beautiful big deck with glass uh, protections, wind protections around it. And uh, you could walk out onto this open deck and on the top floor of this 27 uh, floor tower in Windsor and you have the most beautiful view of Detroit that you are ever going to see you know Detroit framed by the Detroit River the uh, GM Center in the middle the uh, modern facilities all around it beautiful city actually the best view of Detroit is from Windsor Uh, I've only ever seen it from river level Uh, down at the front there's a park called Kaboto Park which you can park in and you can sit down there and there's benches and that. And I often will go down there with my father-in-law, a member of the silent generation. Uh, We'll sit down there and uh, look over at Detroit and he'll tell me stories about when he was young and what he used to do and how much trouble he used to get going over to Detroit. So uh, it was really fun to be there with all the family. Uh, I was there also with my uh, wife, of course, and all of my children and my uh, son-in-law. So there were seven of us at one table, which was really, really nice to all be together. It was kind of our Christmas gathering because we're not going to be able to get together for Christmas. Uh, My son works in uh, uh, Western Canada, so he's not uh, uh, available to come home for Christmas. He's going to be working Christmas and he's going to be earning triple time, which is uh, is pretty good uh, wages. So uh, and he's single, you know, he has no children. So uh, certainly he's the kind of guy they want uh, to volunteer for those uh, those Christmas shifts. Okay, so that was the one event and that was on December 7th. Okay, I have talked to you since then, right? Yeah, today's yeah, today's the 17th, December 17th. I think I might have said December 11th when I started the podcast. Okay, well, anyway, today is December 17th. Okay, so the wedding was on the 7th, December 7th. 
And then on the 14th, just on Saturday, uh, I had my second, <laughs> I'm so excited, my second sober Christmas party with a group of friends uh, that I, we have a Christmas party every year together. Um, we've been doing it for many years. The party itself has been going on since the late 70s, but I started going to them maybe six years ago. So uh, six years ago, so four of those years were uh, uh, not very nice and uh, not very much fun on Sunday morning. But uh, the last two, because as I talked last week in what I think was my best episode so far, uh, my reflections on alcohol, uh, in last week's episode, I did talk a little bit about my alcohol, uh, um, evolving al- uh, relationship with alcohol. So uh, it's been over a year since I quit. So this is kind of the second event. And I was so nervous at this same event last year. I was so, so, so nervous. I had strategies in place. I had phone numbers, people to call. Uh, I went in, my wife and I went in two cars in case I had to leave, which I did not have to leave. But this time, you know, a year later, now it's the second time I've gone to the same party. uh, There was no anxiety at all. Like it was really not that big an issue. You know, it was just a party. It was lots of fun. I think if I did anything, I might have had a little bit of a sugar hangover. You know, here I am spouting on about sugar a couple episodes ago. I don't know. I didn't drink at the party, but I sure ate a lot of desserts. Um, I ate one of every dessert. So I had an apple crisp type of thing with ice cream. And then I had a like a chocolate fudge bar. And uh, then there was a tiny little cheesecake. Thank God it was a small cheesecake and not a big one. But anyway, I ate them all. And uh, the next morning, I did not have a hangover from alcohol, but I did feel really groggy and I did not feel well. And uh, and then I I was kind of down in the dumps. And anyway, to make matters worse, okay, so anyway, I had fun at the party. Believe me, I had fun at the party. I danced, uh, talked to a lot of people, uh, in fact, um, the, the party host gets passed on every year and uh, it got passed on to us. So after six years, after six years, it's our turn now to host the party. So we're going to be finding a venue for next year and, uh, you know, hiring a caterer. And um, yeah, it's going to be fun. I haven't I really haven't put on a big party. Uh, I haven't put on a big party with my wife since uh, my 50th birthday party. So, you know, that was that was over 10 years ago. So um, maybe it's time to have a little party again. So that's going to happen next year. And I'll give you the live updates as we approach. <laughs> so so the Christmas party was fun. It was my second sober Christmas party. And what I'm looking forward to, what I'm looking forward to is going and um, just going through everything a second time, like going through summer, going through fall, going through um, holidays, going through my birthday again, like just going through everything, all those events that you kind of convince yourself to drink at. I'm going to just go through them all again. But my goal this year is to make it all really insignificant. I want the power of alcohol to diminish, the power that it has, uh, so that it's not, just like the event on Saturday, there was no anxiety no anxiety it's just a party it's lots of fun i'm just a person that doesn't drink alcohol at a party i am nothing more i'm nothing less i am just there having fun with everybody else and the significance of me drinking or not drinking will just diminish it'll diminish over time with myself it'll diminish over time with people around me to the point where it just isn't even going to be a big deal so that's kind of my goal 
in the next year. The other reason I was kind of getting down in the dumps is because I was supposed to have my hernia operation tomorrow. So tomorrow was my uh, my date. I was supposed to get in at one o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, it was an overnight, uh, not an overnight, uh, you're just there, a day surgery, uh, released uh, to home, and I was going to take two weeks off over Christmas to recover. It's an umbilical hernia, so I'm not as worried about the pain level. I have had an inguinal hernia, and an inguinal hernia is, is in a pretty tough spot. It's right in the groin area, so it takes a long time to heal. But this one was my umbilical hernia, which is your belly button area, and um, it's, a, it's a, procedure, a procedure they don't do an incision. Uh, it, it, it should be very um, little recovery. So I was excited to get it done tomorrow, and I was excited to re recover over Christmas and then get back into the new year with my belly button sticking in instead of sticking out. But uh, I got bumped as uh, we live in, I live in Ontario, I live in Canada, and surgery time for surgeons, the time that they can actually perform surgery is extremely limited. They only have so many blocks of time. If they have somebody who has, is a priority over you, which they have, ha have told me they have a priority over me, uh, then you get bumped. And that's part of the Canadian system. You know, at the end of the day, I won't get a bill in the mail for the procedure. I'll get the best care, uh, unbelievable care at the hospital by the nurses uh, at home from home care. Uh, everything I need will be taken care of and I won't pay a cent uh, other than the taxes that I pay on a regular basis. This is awesome. Uh, and I know we had a listener from New Jersey in our last episode, and if, if that listener is back, I want to say this is, this is the Canadian system that, uh, you know, it is paid for by taxpayers' money, but it is extremely tight. It's kept tight for a reason so that the government doesn't go broke funding it. And uh, so my surgery was uh, bumped. So I'm, my surgery is bumped to January 20th. So I said, yes, I took it. I'm ready. I'm booked in for January 20th. It's a month from now. But I could always change that if I had to. Because really the beauty of having the two weeks off over Christmas to recover was, was why I wanted, this was why it was such a nice date. So anyway, that date got pulled from me. And uh, now it's going to be January 20th. So I was really kind of down in the dumps about all of that. Um, and, and then, you know, the weather, we're getting close to the, the shortest day of the year now. And that's part of the reason, too. December 21st is coming up. In our part of the country, on December uh, 21st, we get less than eight hours of daylight. Right now, we're getting eight hours of daylight. By that day, we're getting less than eight hours of daylight. So it is dark. And if it's a cloudy day or a snowy day or a uh, rainy day, because we do get rain, we kind of get rain and snow in this area, then it's miserable. You know, you have like a few hours of uh, the sun never really seems to come up. So this is kind of the uh, experience that, that we have in December in our part of the world here. And uh, I'm living through it. Uh, I had these ups of having these awesome events where I felt good about myself and I, I felt great on Sunday morning. Boy, it feels good to, to feel good on Sunday morning, except for my, my little sugar hangover this Sunday. But uh, I learned my lesson from that. I can't, I can't replace, I can't always have a little, a little pop, a little rush, a little... Uh, something that makes me somehow not me and I guess it was sugar that night which is uh, that's addiction I guess that's it's a weird so yeah so we're getting close to the shortest day of the year December 21st uh, next week uh, we're gonna be uh, 
believe, which is really going to be cool uh, to do that. I'm going to talk about some things and I think I feel confident enough to have our first interview on. I really want to get Art Hayward on and his uh, and his experience with mustard gas in World War II. Uh, it's a great way to honor one of our veterans, uh, one of the great men of the silent generation. And uh, I think that's going to be our episode next week for Christmas Eve. And then I'll round it out on New Year's Eve with our interview with George Pond, another uh, terrific uh, senior. Uh, he's, uh, he's just a great guy, and uh, you're going to really love his interview. He's a birder, and he's going to talk to you about uh, the birding experience. And then in January, we'll get into our, uh, back into our weekly episodes, which will be uh, mostly me uh, most of the time, and then interviews maybe every third or fourth time. We'll do the health check-ins occasionally because we are trying to follow uh, me as I age. So it's a, it's all going well. I'm really happy. I got to seven episodes. Um, seven is the average number of episodes that never uh, that the podcasts fail at. That they don't they don't produce new ones after that. Uh, so I uh, I'm working on my eighth as we speak. So here we are. So I'm feeling really confident about that. Um, yeah, so we're going to get into more of a format. Now, I'll tell you one thing that I never thought that I would be, is I never thought that this would turn into an investigative journalist type of a job. So here I am doing my, I think, my fourth interview with a senior, and he starts telling me about his experience with uh, the MTO, which is the Ministry of Transportation here in Ontario. So the Ministry of Transportation of Ontario. And it, um, this experience is shocking. It's shocking to me. Then I start to dig into it a little bit more, and I start to follow the money. And there's a real, there's a real scam going on in Ontario. It's actually targeting the silent generation. Uh, there's a reason they're called the silent generation. They've been very obedient to authority their entire life. They are the people, uh, who are left of them anyway, that uh, believe that the authority figures are who you listen to, and they have always gotten uh, direct down types of orders. Okay, So now they are being told by an authority figure to do something that costs them a lot of money, and they are the only group targeted. So uh, that's going to be one of my first episodes. In It could even be a two-parter. We could have my first two-parter because that is going to be, it's, we're going to blow it out. I'm going to try to break the story. Uh, I'm not going to be the only one who's ever talked about this, but I want to be the one to try to get it out there so that the national media uh, can pick it up and start to talk about it. And then we can start to look at the rights of these seniors, the silent generation that gets told to do something. They think in good faith that they are doing the right thing because they have been told to do it. They are being told to do it by the government or an authority figure, and they are being led down a garden path, and they are being robbed by a by a thief. So I'm going to get into that. I'm excited about that. Investigative journalist. I'm going to add that to all the list of things I've done in my life. One thing about when you make it to your 60th birthday and beyond, because I am beyond my 60th birthday now, is that uh, you can look back at a lot of life. <laughs> There's a lot of things you did. There's a lot of interesting things that really, uh, I don't know, They well, they every one of them groomed you, every one of them changed you, every one of them made you. So, you know, all of these experiences, even, you know, getting bumped from the surgery, I was mad at first. I was I was pissed off, and uh, and then you know it didn't 
that didn't last. Like, I can remember when I was young. I mean, I would have ranted and raved and, and been so angry about that for maybe for a couple days. You know, like an idiot for no reason. Absolutely no reason. It's done. It's what's happening. You accept it. You move on. I guess I go through the stages of grief quite quicker, quite a bit quicker now as I've aged. Because when I was younger, uh, I stayed in one of those modes for long. I stayed in anger for too long, which is really the, the, the biggest problem. I stayed in anger. So, you know, I'm evolving. I'm changing. Okay. And that's, you know, that's the whole goal. And that's the whole point of this podcast, too. Because I want to demonstrate to the world as this podcast continues that, uh, you know, you can change, you can get better. I'm changing, I'm getting better, I'm taking singing lessons, I'm reflecting on my life, I'm going to the gym now, I'm exercising again, I'm trying my darndest to rehab this shoulder of mine, I'm reading more, I think that's something else we're going to do in the future. Uh, when I've got a slow news day, we're going to take out a book and we're going to learn something new. And uh, yeah, it's, we're going to. This is all about growing. This is all about evolving. And you know, this is just a half an hour every week that I come in here and talk to you. And the rest of the week, I'm trying to uh, curate articles. I'm trying to find interesting, interesting things that you would enjoy hearing about. I'm trying to take note of uh, issues that are happening in life that I could reflect back on with you and maybe find some relevance within it, within my own life. And, uh, and I've got these great interviews in the, in, in the can, ready to go. So I'm really, really excited. Pumped about being an investigative journalist. I'm really going to get to the bottom of this. Senior rights may be my next uh, thing that I really have to dig into. And, and I, I have to help these people uh, because right now they are being treated as if they have no voice whatsoever. They are being treated as if they have no rights whatsoever. So we are going to move quickly into that area, and we're going to get that article out there and get the uh, podcast out and everything else that we need to do to make people aware of this uh, terrible travesty that is going on. So I've still been going to the gym. Uh, having trouble with my weight right now. It's not gone up, but it's certainly not gone down because of my experience like I suggested to you uh, on Saturday when I ate three different desserts. So I have to get that under control. I do believe that it is the time of year. It's very, very hard to resist carbohydrates, breads, sweets. Uh, thank God I don't drink alcohol because I would be drinking a lot of it right now. So uh, anyway, we're going to get through this season. We're going to get through this um, little bump of my surgery. We're going to have a beautiful Christmas. It's, I don't have a window in Storage Closet Studios, but I'll tell you, the uh, snow outside is absolutely beautiful. I'm going to take my dog for a walk later. Okay, so, you know, life is, uh, life is good. I don't know why I was so sad. I guess just talking about it has gotten me out of my, out of my funk. Okay, I'm just going to have a little sip of coffee here. All right. Okay, so I've, I've gone through some of the news items that I thought you might be interested in this week. Really light stuff. I'm not going to talk too much about politics. I do want to state just right off the bat that uh, I personally do not think Epstein killed himself. Um, Epstein is leaving a trail of suicides behind him now. And uh, I really think a lot more is going to come out of that story. So I keep waiting. And it still stays in the news cycle. 
So it's interesting. We're going to find out what happens to this pedophile, this Epstein. Um, it's so funny. I followed the first story when it all happened. There was nothing funny about it. I should never use a phrase like that. It related to this guy. But I followed it back when it was uh, in 2010 when he was first arrested and he was given that cushy sentence and everyone was up in arms about it. Everybody was upset. Uh, there was all kinds of buzz on all kinds of platforms that were talking about this whole situation and how, what a travesty it was. And then he gets released and he continues to do exactly the same thing for 10 more years. So this time they caught him again and they were really going to nail him. And I think he was going to talk. He was going to start to talk and he was going to name names. And I think that's why he never made it out of that cell. There's probably more to this story. I'm waiting and I'm so happy that it's still in the news cycle because it means that somebody's looking into it. Somebody's digging and that's what has to be done in a story like this. You can't just let it fade away. So uh, hopefully we're going to find out uh, what's what's gone on and uh, maybe maybe resolve this issue and start to protect young young girls. Young girls start to protect them. Okay, getting rid of people like Epstein and getting rid of the whole group that has uh, been around Epstein. Okay, so one of the things I want to say was the uh, the heat. Here I was talking about the beautiful snow in uh, Norfolk County. Gorgeous, snowy December day. Uh, when the lights come on, people put lights on their houses. When the lights come on uh, tonight and that beautiful snow is on them, oh, there's nothing. There's nothing more pretty. There's nothing more pretty. So let's jump across the globe and we'll go jump across the equator. And the headline in Australia, like a furnace. Australia to see the hottest day ever with a 50 degree C forecast. 50 degrees Celsius. This is incredibly hot. The hottest it ever gets around Norfolk County is 31, 32. If it hits 33, they start shutting stuff down around here. So 50 degrees. That is like an oven. That's like an oven. So there's bushfires all over. Um, Scott Morris, the Prime Minister Morrison, has caused a state of emergency. Uh, wow. I guess you're staying inside today in Australia. So the heat can be as bad as the uh, cold. So something else. We were talking about alcohol later. And one of the websites that I visit quite often is, called, is on longevity. And they're talking about changing the standard for alcoholic drinks. So they always felt that for men, for men, two drinks a day was uh, considered a uh, fine. So two drinks a day, 14 drinks a week, you know, 30, 30 uh, what would that be, Six, 60 drinks a, a, a month, okay? Uh, they're changing that. They feel that that is too much, that that is, well, I, I, I would say that would be too much. That would be a, a recipe for addiction if you started drinking two every day, every day, every day. So anyway, they've got it reduced now to the first time it's been changed since 2009, and now it's down to uh, 1.4 drinks a day. So they're suggesting that women have only one per day, and men have only one and a half, a little less than one and a half per day uh, of alcohol. Like, so that would be ounces, basically. So standard alcoholic drinks is an ounce or a small, a regular size beer of 4% or a regular size glass of wine. Those are all considered standard drinks. So small, it's basically a small glass of wine, a regular size beer, or a one ounce of uh, alcohol in a mixed drink. So, so that's reduced. I reduced mine to zero. So that's working out well for me and for my health. So it's good. 
I really like this saying. I read this uh, on, on a site called Made Me Smile, and it's, uh, the true meaning of life is to plant trees under which shade you do not ever expect to sit. So that's really, you're thinking about, that's like the uh, Aboriginal sayings in our country, that you think about seven generations. What are you leaving to your uh, seven generations of your family, of your kin, of your uh, DNA, basically, out there in the far future? What's there for them? They're still your family. You're still part of them. You're still living in them, in your DNA. So yeah, the true meaning of life is to plant trees under whose shade you do not expect to sit. So it, it, it came, this saying came with a story out of uh, Japan. Uh, there's still radiation from the, I think it was Fushishima. Oh, I hope I said that right. Fushishima um, nuclear reactor that collapsed, um, I think it was in a tsunami a few years ago. I, I, don't, I can't remember the details of it. But anyway, it's been, it was damaged and it's been leaking radiation ever since. So what's happening in Japan? Old people line up to clean the radiation in Japan. Okay, so here's his rationale, this old guy who, he's not even that old, he's only 12 years older than me. This is his rationale, Mr. Yamada. I am 72, and on average, I probably have 13 to 15 years left to live. Even if I were exposed to radiation, cancer could take 20 to 30 years or longer to develop. Therefore, us older ones have less chance of getting cancer. So basically, there is this group of 200 retirees and they're volunteering to expose themselves to high levels of radiation so that younger men and younger women don't have to, okay? They're making the ultimate sacrifice to protect the lives of their children and their children's children. So there you go. That's, that's thinking. That's the exact thinking of the shade tree quote. I, I never saw a, a news article and a quote match so well together. But here is this, uh, these people knowing that they are risking developing cancer shortening their lives possibly, going through some pain, and uh, they're still doing it. They're doing it for their children, they're doing it for their children's children, and their children's children's children. Yeah. So I also had one little uh, item here I want to talk about. Oh, no, let's do this one first. Okay. On movie details. So uh, the movie Charade, it, was, it, was writ, uh, it, it came out in 1963, okay? So it was a romantic film, okay? But it was the last romantic film that Cary Grant ever led as a leading man, as a romantic lead. So he was 59 years old at the time, so he wasn't even 60 yet. And there's this picture of him. He's 59 years old. He's got gray on his temples. He's got gray filtered into his hair. His face looks like, he looks like me. He's, well, I am whiter, actually, but he's a 50-year-old man, or 60-year-old man who looks like a 60-year-old man in this picture. Okay, so anyway, so he's 60 years old in this, in this movie, 1963, and it really felt awkward for his character, but because his character is flirting with co-star Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn is only 33, so they rewrote the whole dialogue to change it so that uh, Audrey Hepburn seemed to be a person who liked older men. So she was kind of attracted to older men. So that kind of changed the whole romantic story that he was actually being pursued by her instead of him pursuing her. Because the mores at the time, the standard and the culture at the time in 1963 would see this as really predatory for the 60-year-old man who looks like a 60-year-old man uh, flirting and trying to uh, trying to have 
advance, have advances with this 33-year-old woman. They knew it was wrong. They knew it was wrong then. <laughs> we know it's wrong now. And uh, uh, so that was really interesting. I thought that was kind of cool. So I've got one last thing for all the creatives out there. Because I think right now my, my audience of 60-year-old plus, uh, they're not really out there yet. Um, I, I know I'm really talking into a void when I, when I do make my podcast, and I'm okay with that. And the one or two people who do listen to it, well, thank God, thank God. Uh, I'm glad you're out there. So anyway, here's something, the, the reminders to the anxious and the depressed, because I think probably anyone who's listening to this is probably maybe uh, a creative. I think they might be podcasters. They might be uh, someone looking for something, an interesting angle on, on what this old guy has to say. I, I don't know. One thing about podcasts, you don't know who's listening. And that's what I kind of think what, what makes it so much fun. So, so there's kind of a reminder list for all those, uh, those well, yeah, I mean, obviously I was attracted to because I was kind of depressed last week because I got bumped for that surgery. But this is kind of, I try to think of myself as a creative. I'm a creative person and sometimes you get down. So anyway, so here's a reminder for the anxious, depressed creatives. You're more than what you make. Your productivity does not determine your value. It's okay to do nothing sometimes. Not everything you do has to result in a product. Not everything you make has to be important, significant, or even good. I was so upset about my first episodes when I re-listened to them that I was going to delete them. And I just thought, no, I'm not going to delete them. Everything I do doesn't have to be perfect. I plan on doing this every week for a long time. So they're, they're still there. So not everything you make has to be important. Not everything has to be significant. And it doesn't even have to be good. You can make things just for yourself. You can keep secrets for yourself, whether it's not posting some of your projects or not sharing your techniques. You're allowed to say no, and you're allowed to rest. So keep those in mind, all those creatives who are listening to this, who are frustrated, and might be frustrated just because it's this time of year. For myself... For my therapy this time of year, I try to get out in nature as much as I possibly can. And I plan on doing that today. So thank you so much for listening. I really, really appreciate it. I want you to come back next week. Next week's Christmas Eve. We're going to have a terrific uh, interview with Art Hayward. I don't think you're going to want to miss it. I think it's going to be one of the best episodes so far. So uh, thank you for listening to the I See Old People podcast. Today is December 17th, Tuesday, December 17th, broadcasting from Storage Closet Studios in beautiful Norfolk County, a beautiful snow-covered Norfolk County. We will see you next week. Thank you for coming along for the ride. <laughs>